Hertz had a couple cases of foot rot, and then, disappointingly, the bowl presents with foot rot. However, after treatment with antibiotics and an initial good response, the bull becomes non-weight-bearing lame. To find out more about that case, listen in to our Bovine Science with BCI. I'm happy to have Dr. Matt Meisner with me this morning. Morning, Matt. Good morning. I love it when you present these. You bring these cases in that are pretty common, and we get a chance to kind of visit through some of the details because you say, well, foot rot. We see foot rot relatively frequently this herd's had a few cases and sometimes it'll get to be non-weight bearing but not as often but usually antibiotics is going to take care of this but not in this case no and i love to see foot rot because i know i can fix it <laughs> you can fix it yeah exactly <laughs> foot, foot rot is nice yes but it makes you wonder if this is maybe not foot rot so in this case you've got a five-year-old bull that presents to the clinic in august Typical timing, typical presentation for foot rot, except when when he comes in, he's already been treated a couple times with antibiotics. They treated him with an antibiotic initially, great initial response, treat him with an antibiotic a couple days later, is that about right? Yep. And then basically no response, and then all of a sudden, he's non-weight-bearing lame. And I will note, on the first couple of treatments, they treated him with an antibiotic because they couldn't get him out, up and in which is right, couldn't get him to the working facilities. He decided that that was not on his plan for the day. And sometimes bulls do that. And we say, yeah, we'll, we'll treat him and move on with life. So what, what did you see when he presented to the clinic? Sure. Well, in, in this case it was nice. They actually had some, some identification of foot rots in the herd. So they did see that in the cow. So it was a true uh, diagnosis. And this bull, you know, they couldn't actually see it. And interestingly about this case, we couldn't, always couldn't see it. So tell couldn't me, tell see me. the swelling in the foot. You know, he was still in the tall grass and he was moving around and I guess, but fairly sore and everybody else had it. So, they, But we've had a couple other cases, so sure. it's foot rot. And then, of course, the history of uh, responding to antibiotics. This one was a little bit different. You know, in most foot rot cases, it still takes a few days. You know, they get better, but it's over a few days. And this one went from, from the discussion was crippled one day to treatment that day to sound almost the following day. Which foot rot doesn't do that. Not That's usually. just not how it works. When you get that interdigital space that you've got the infection, yeah. Yeah. it's a day or two. Right. And so, you know, again, they can respond pretty quickly, but this one was pretty, uh, pretty fast. And again, couldn't see it, but didn't really appreciate any swelling in the foot. Okay. When you got to take a look at him, what did you see? Because they couldn't do much in the pasture. So they brought him in and you've got the cool 360 table that you can put him on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and again, yeah. And they actually, by the time they got him, this waxed and waned a little bit over a fear few weeks and again a repeat treatments and they actually had to take the trailer to him and some panels to get him out of the pasture because he could not walk he would not walk uh, 10 feet um, just crippled crippled yeah and so they uh, drag him under the trailer and then got him here and there have been situations where again this is a fairly common thing that we've almost had to numb their foot on the trailer just to get him to walk to just to get him to walk to the table yeah just super super painful so if you have to do that what do you do to numb their foot to get them on the how do you do that in the trailer oh um well, it, it's a little dicey at times, but um, <laughs> it sounds really it. dicey. Yeah, and sometimes they actually won't get up. But we, the it's uh, we call it a beer block where we put a tourniquet above the around the pasture, and if we think our problem is at the foot in this case he was obviously swollen down low and we could put a tourniquet around the um, cannon bone, drop a needle into a, a common vein that's usually blind, but we can get in there and just insert some lidocaine and all the lidocaine stays below that tourniquet and uh, numbs the foot. So you've done that on the trailer before just to get them to come in and go to the table, but 
not recommend it if the bull is up and <laughs> yeah, agitated. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and and we've, I've, we've done it in the pastures where you have to halter them, snub them up, and then tie a foot up. You can do it. Um, it is certainly nice to have some good restraint. Yeah. Uh, so we come to the table in this case on this bull. Okay. So you get him to the table, and this is one of the keys in the, it's foot rot until it's not foot rot, right. right? So if it responds to treatment, everybody moves on. We don't have any other concerns about it. In this case, it didn't respond. So we're actually thinking it's not foot rot or it's an aberration or a more severe case of some sort. We got to look at that foot. Yep. And initially, when you look at this one, you can almost picture, I don't, I'm not sure this is foot rot. In the foot rot swelling in the foot, usually pre-symmetric. You know, you'll see it up the pasture and sometimes it drives right up above the dew claws. This one is a little bit asymmetric. It's actually more swollen on the medial claw on this guy. Okay. He's got some irritation, but you can see that medial claw is a little bit more swollen than the lateral. And, and this is front, front, fr front foot. Yeah. Front foot. Okay. Front foot, case. medial claw. That's a pretty important S to him. Yeah, exactly. It's an important claw. I mean, I think it's all of them are important to a bull like this, but I think, uh, <laughs> it's uh, probably true. he's, uh, he's certainly that it just, the biggest part, oh, we've seen it just kind of asymmetric on either side, but just looking at it like this just doesn't balance out. And so, and we get them on the table and, and confirm that the, the lesion that we're suspecting is, is in the foot as well. So what'd you do to confirm that? So flip him up, clean the feet off, look at the sole. And what we'll find is actually, he looked like he had a, a flap of tissue and a false sole on that medial claw and an abscess. It had likely what this bull had had was an abscess initially that was deep and the pressure relieved probably about coinciding with the time he got the antibiotics and yeah. that, that pressure coming off it made him feel better right away antibiotics certainly helped kept it from going anywhere but the likelihood was that pressure and you could see the flap the whole sole was gone um it goes clear down to the coffin bone and when, oh, and when we're feeling this coronary band on that side is quite firm and uh, in the, usually with with some of these cases we'll go ahead and, and uh, clean it up and stick a needle in it and try to figure out what the problem is because we're now considering that the deeper tissues so it'd be a deep digital sepsis and most likely a, a septic coffin joint in this case and so we'll oftentimes try to get some fluid out of that joint and confirm it and in this case we did so he had pus in the joint he had pus all the way up uh, around the cannon bone the deep digital flexor and the navicular bone were involved. So we had septic tenosynovitis, septic navicular bursitis, septic joint, and uh, quite a bit of cellulitis around that whole side. Not good prognosis. And, uh, it's certainly some decisions have to be made at this yeah. point because it, it's not going to be a quick fix. What are my options? So in some uh, commercial critters or some individuals, the quickest, safest, the most easy way to eliminate pain and to get rid of this problem is to just amputate the claw. Okay. Take it off, bull, that's really not an option. You, in most cases, it's a salvage procedure, and yeah. regardless of the claw. And in this case, medial claw, front leg, it's, it's going to be a re and big bull. Yep. It's, do, do you think you'd even have any success with that digital uh, no. amputation? No, no. Even I'm going to say that I, again, uh, we, we call this a salvage. I, I certainly have clients that have had cows. We amputate a claw, and they're six years down the road with that, you know, missing yeah. that claw. A bull, um, even trying to stand in a stall to be uh, collected uh, is going to be an unlikely thing, yeah. and especially with certain claws like this. So a big bull like that is going to break down on that opposite claw, and it's not a not really an option. So an amputation really becomes a, if, if we're going to send him for a burger in about two months, we're good. 
you know, yeah. but could I, uh, could I send him slaughter now or is that infection severe enough that it's going to be a problem? So usually this is a scenario that plays out too. They've oftentimes had antibiotics before yeah. they come in. So right. we're going to have to wait out withdrawal times anyway. So um, we're, we're either going to make a decision to make him feel better and cut the cloth and try to get the, the withdrawal times underway, um, go from there. Plus you've got a diseased foot. I mean, yeah, that can be trimmed off, but usually we've got antibiotics happening. Because it sounds like even if you took the claw off on this case, it has ascended a little bit beyond where you would typically yeah. take the claw sure. off. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we can, once we take it off, we get pretty good drainage, you know, so we can actually get the stuff to drain out that side. And, and they, they, they do pretty darn well. And it's amazing. Not all do this, but man, you take that toe off and it goes from non-weight bearing to pretty sound in a few days. Yeah. You know, some of them take a little bit longer. I don't guarantee that, but some of them take a little bit longer. That is salvage if we want to make him feel better and wait it out till we get to slaughter. Right. That is not a long-term solution. Nope. And that, that becomes uh, one of those decisions we make oftentimes just uh, quick welfare, make him feel better, get him going. You okay. Know, so I've heard one, no. two options so far. We euthanize because he's got antibiotics on board and we can't don't want to do anything. Right. Take a claw off. Try to get him to salvage slaughter. Any other options? Sure. And, and some people have even thought in those, well, gosh, what about that transition time when I'm going to slaughter? Can I collect them? These bulls are so stressed. Oftentimes their semen quality is poor. I mean, my goodness, it's really poor. So, so that really doesn't become an option. Third thing is going to be to try to uh, fuse this joint, salvage the claw, eliminate the infection, fuse the joint and salvage it. Okay. What are my odds with that procedure? Um, I'm going to say odds so that I'm going to, what we're finding now is it seems to be, this is called a facilitated ankylosis procedure. And I start with kind of a 50, 50, it seems to be an older bull seems to be, do a little bit better. And I think what we're wondering is that have they been through more, you know, yeah. to this point? <laughs> been so through, they're a little tougher. Been through, yeah. yeah. But you'd think a little light young bull would respond to this, but my gosh, I do tend to have, um, just as as bad of uh, outcomes in those young bulls um, as others. So about a 50-50, and it's a commitment. So when we go into this, this is going to be costly. It's going to be a long duration. So I said, guys, we're going to be dealing with this thing for the next six to eight weeks. He's going to be painful We're gonna until this thing fuses and this infection comes out. It's going to be a, a commitment. Yeah. So a big commitment on the part of the producer, both financially, time-wise, management-wise, trying to figure out what to do. And you said, interestingly, the older bulls may respond to this a little bit better than some of our younger bulls. On the cost side, do you have a, I don't need a specific cost, but when you say expensive, what ballpark are we in? If they're going to be here in, in the ones we manage, we're looking at putting in a couple of grand in the next couple of yeah. months, you know, yeah. so it's antibiotics. It's the surgery's not that technical. So it doesn't require a, a bunch, but it's the management afterwards, bandage changes and those kind of things, yeah. uh, hoof blocks, board, keeping them isolated. And even if you keep them home, that's, that's still something you've got to deal with. You yeah. know, this bull, of course, this was late summer, and oftentimes we'll see this in midsummer. The bugger's done for that yeah. year too. So um, you're just trying to get him through the rest and and uh, yeah. and go. It's it's a procedure though. If I have a highly genetically valuable bull that I really want to save, does this give me a chance to use him again in the future next year? Yes. So this keeps him around. So again, he's if we, if we can get him through this and he'll recover, we now have a, a fused joint, uh, an, usually an abnormal looking foot, but they um, are sound enough to go ahead and continue breeding. I sometimes say, guys, this might be a bull that's not going to make long trips and huge pastures any longer, but it could be something that we could uh, selectively breed and still use yeah. him as a natural service bull. 
Yep. Keep a relatively short range. Does front foot versus, you said maybe 50-50, a little bit better in older bulls than younger. Does front foot versus back foot play into your decision of if I want to ankylose or not? It It's kind of hard to really put that specific. Um, intuitively, you would think a back leg would be a little bit worse than a front just because, again, they're going to have to breeding, mount the cow. Breeding behavior. Yeah, yeah. And, and do some uh, some weight shifting there. And the front's usually a little bit better. So I usually, I usually feel a little bit better about a front. But, but again. But no hard weight, numbers behind right? that. But overall, they're putting more weight on those. In the, Two, the two-thirds the weight. Yeah, yeah so, that head's not small. Right. And so we're trying to get that data. And we're doing some retrospectives, and others are as well, uh, trying to get this information out and see how, if that can help us make these decisions. But if it's a good bull that you want to keep, uh, we can make those discussions and go from there and um you know it's happened in cows as well you know so same same scenarios and uh um, we've done it on the um you know a little less involvement but again you're looking at putting some time and and uh and a lot of labor into these into these cases yeah so on this one which of those options we said euthanasia potentially digital amputation or potentially ankylosis what'd you do on this this usually by time they come here and and we talk about on the phone there's no question we were going to ankylose this bull and so to try to salvage the claw and salvage the bull and uh, keep him going so tell me a little bit about that procedure how did you how did you do it so we do it under the bear block like we we talked about um there have been situations where we had to put him under under anesthesia and in the field i've done one or two that way where we had to do heavy sedation and a bear block so you can do them and we have different ways of getting into the joint so we make an approach to the joint either on the outside we sometimes have gone through the bottom of the claw we sometimes go through the heel bulbs and in this case we went through the heel bulbs because we knew the flexor tendon were bad we knew the navicular bone was bad we know the joint Joint's bad, so we're going to now remove all of that tissue and just get it out, get some good drainage, uh, then curette the joint. And uh, sometimes we even drill the joint with um, some drill bits and a drill. And I like to do that. And then we go out the coronary band. So we've now got a large defect that we can get rid of the infected tissue, allow for drainage, and flush the joint really well. And the, and the key to that sounds like being sure that you cure it, get everything out of there, flush it out. You're trying to get as much out as you can physically right. so that when we put antibiotics on board, they're going to have less work to do. Right. Yeah, systemic antibiotics. I mean, all that cartilage, all that soft tissue can just hold infection and and it then it becomes necrotic we have to get rid of it and and we flush really well we put a, a wood block or a, a long-term plastic block on the opposite claw to get them off of the off of that and uh, allow that some relief that way as well and do you do anything to try to stabilize it to facilitate that ankylosis or do you just hope that is it it will move less since we've got him not walking on it Initially, it's just a bandage, a stiff bandage, and um, I really like, and this is where it really does help out quite a bit, um, after we get the infection under control, we start to see granulation tissue come in, we, we're, we've eliminated some of the discharge. Um, once we get to that point, and sometimes this takes a week to 10 days of flushing and management, is that we, I'll go ahead and put a cast on it. Yeah, yeah and uh, we learned a long time, if I can really stabilize that, these bulls will recover individuals to get this will recover a lot better it stabilizes the joint it helps prevent it from fusing in an abnormal position right. you know so you, you hopefully limit uh, some of the chance of needing hoof trims and all that kind of things that come come with it how long does that cast have to stay on usually uh, usually minimum two weeks sometimes three and uh you know we'll get a fibrous union pretty quickly uh, but a really good bony union's not going to take place for another six weeks, well, four to six weeks total, usually yeah. two months. I, I'm telling folks we're going to be in this for about two months 
total from start to finish, but the cast is about three weeks. So, so basically from, from start to finish, you're a couple months on, like you talked about the management stuff and you can't really put the cast on until you're sure that infection is under control. Yeah, mostly, uh, you know, it's, it, first few times we did it, you know, it's a little unnerving when you're covering this up, but you certainly don't want, um, anaerobic, uh, smelling nasty discharge coming out of this and put a cast on it. No, you, you kind of want to see it kind of settling down, but granulation tissue is a pretty good time to do it. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. Anything you'd have done different? How did this one end up? This one did fine. So, um, he refused, uh, it took a couple of months to get this underway. He had another couple of months, just kind of some, uh, uh, closer confinement and he did fine and he managed to heal that up um others you know um they'll they'll do well for a year and maybe get some micro fractures um but the, many you know do fine he's back to breeding and does a good job yeah excellent so anything you'd have done different in this case um i think every time i i see one of these and actually this one we again knew the client before and again just you know, almost want to do a, a every few year just kind of reminder that if they don't respond to antibiotics and stay responded, it's something different. Don't keep treating them right, with antibiotics. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. and and again, this is one of our our clients as well, and uh, we've shared um, with a, their 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 local veterinarian. But he's like, man, remember? Like, I know, I know, I know. But again, you know, we know how it gets, and just uh, management just is difficult. But just to be sure that I I reiterate that point is if they don't respond to antibiotics, let's look a little sooner than later. So yeah. that's well, and I think that's true in a lot of different cases, but especially foot rot is even if you have some others that you confirmed, and I think anybody that's been around bulls knows it's a lot harder to get the bull to do what you yep. want it to do than some of the cows. So it's pretty easy to say, Hey, we had it in these cows. And if the bull did respond and stayed well, awesome. If not, don't wait. Right. Again. Yeah. And again, we know how the, those things arise, but uh, I just still, it's important to, to make that point. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, we appreciate you joining us, Matt, and thanks for sharing this case with us. Yep. It's a, it's a common one, and it's there a lot of work. <laughs> but you had a great outcome. Yeah, we did. Um, some of them are, are a little more disappointing, but um, but uh, certainly if you want to try it, we can certainly go there. And then I know plenty of veterinarians do these in the field as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Matt. Yep.